baseball season. And Houston Astros are getting punked. Well, I guess almost getting punked. <laughs> getting scared. Intimidated. 96 mile an hour fastball at your head? Exactly. The Houston prophecy is getting fulfilled, is what I'm trying to say. And what was it? Four games in? Five games in? It only took five games until the Houston joke that we've been building for months finally came to pass. That's not that long. No, it's not. It's pretty quick into the season, I think. And Joe Kelly, I mean, the, the, the two guys that were victims last night were uh, Bregman and Correa, who I would argue might be two of the biggest cocksuckers on that whole fucking squad. Um, if, if, if you want to just look at, at the way that players have responded... Definitely they're there. definitely the most like indignant about it. Yep. And breaking news, and this could change at any moment, I suppose, but uh, Joe Kelly has been handed an eight-game suspension for this. Oh, he's definitely appealing that. He already has. Yeah, he's, he's, he's available tonight. He's appealing. He's the people's choice for Cy Young this year, I think. I think, I think Joe Kelly could realistically be a Cy Young winner. With with like a six point seven eight ERA. If there's, if, if there's a fan vote, he's yes. in. <laughs> Maybe there should be. Maybe this year should be. So exciting fucking game last night, and I mean the series as a whole is going to be electric. Um, I would love to see the ratings when it's all said and done on this Dodgers Houston. The, the game tonight should be just absolutely on fire in terms of ratings. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, cause the whole world's watching. I mean, it was the biggest sports story, but Joe Kelly, I mean, the, the guy throws heat. He's not a great pitcher, but he throws absolute steam yeah. and threw it right at, was it, it was Bregman's head, right? Uh, yeah. Behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Behind Bregman. And then I think the Correa one was off speed. So, yeah. well, yeah. so, so the, 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 the Correa, Correa one, I don't, I think was accidental. I think, yeah. I think a curveball slipped. Well, well the Correa yeah. one also after he like wound up striking him out or whatever later and he's like nice swing yeah, bitch that's the fun stuff that's that's what they're actually upset about no i think his, his actual is his quote was uh you need you need to cheat to hit bitch that was his quote love it it's great yeah yeah i like it and then he made and that like faces. facial expression that like crying facial expression too walking off the mound that yeah was he said basically it's my great. i think my facial expression mirrored what i was hearing from korea yes <laughs> also he did the one where um after he throws it behind Bregman, he like yawns like, ah. yeah, that was my favorite one. To be honest, the crying face was good, but the yawn was just like, cause that was right after he threw a 96 mile an hour pitch at his head, essentially where if he wouldn't have ducked. So that's just think it got that close, but yeah, yeah <laughs> damn. It was fucking, it was right in that area. Bregman definitely looked shook, shook up a little bit. Like he was not happy about it. I mean, without that pitch, he could have done all the facial expressions, everything without that pitch. He doesn't get suspended. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And and then we see one of the first almost fights in the MLB. And with, with social distancing and everything, that's going to be fucking tense. Like, nobody wants to fight. You can get fined serious money for getting in anyone's face without social distancing this year. So, yeah. But the commentators made a really good point. Like, normally the, the crowd, like, kind of chimes out a lot of that shit talking that happens in the dugout, like, play within the team. You can hear all of that shit now. So like, like literally it should, I bet we see more fights because like you can hear everything. Like how many fucks and dams and asses did we hear over, over the weekend just from players 
Um, and it, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm fucking here for the fights that we're going to see. I, I don't think we get that many fights just because as soon as one happens, MLB cracks it down and they're like, all right, this is not happening. Like, yeah, there, there's, there's no supposed way. to be strict on people like clearing the benches at all. Like, they want yeah. people staying away from people. Uh, how about this for a troll move, though? If What if Dave Roberts opened the game with Joe Kelly? Well, Dave Roberts isn't managing tonight. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> uh, he got a one-game suspension from all this. Um, but Not appealable? I would love that. I, I, I think he's just going to serve. I don't think he's yeah. going to get away from that. Eight games, you have to... I mean, that, if you look at a, a regular length season, that's a 22-game suspension. Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah, it is. You think that they need to kind of factor in suspension size to the league length this year? I mean, that's, I mean a good, that's a good question. The, the, the NHL does it in the playoffs. There's like almost like an equivalency. Where it's like, okay, this would have been six games. We'll give them one game. Right. A sliding scale. Yeah, the yeah. NHL does has done the sliding scale for a while. Yeah, so. no, I, th- I think they're trying to send a message. And the, the joke is like the, everyone's pissed off about it from a player's perspective. What do you tell me about Jared Weaver? He was like. Uh, oh, yeah, like, Jared Weaver's like, this is just a joke. You know, yeah. it, it, you sh- everybody should just cheat because you get zero games for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is Jared Damn, Weaver even playing anymore? No, no. he's not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> former player, but he's just, still. He's just talking shit on Twitter. That's great. That's fucking great. I, I, I could see, like, you know, Oakland or Seattle being just so bad, like, 45 games in. You know, because at this point, you, you oh, have a... Oakland's going to be really good, actually. You, you have a contender in the Dodgers, you know, who are just... They're Vegas's favorites to win it all. Yeah. Um, so they have more to lose for throwing at players. But what happens when you get later in the season and you got like scrubs like Seattle that have nothing to lose? Sure. They're in the division. They might bring in like a goon. The Rangers aren't NHL. very good. Yeah. There's some bad teams in their division. They might bring in like a goon just to, just to you know, especially the, 60 man Put rosters. the fear of Jesus and maybe Jose Altuve. Yeah. <laughs> for, for sure. That little Absolutely. nugget. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's exciting. I, it, it's 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 by far the most exciting thing that's happened since the MLB has started back for sure. Yeah, I, I would say so too. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to not have to see pitchers hit. That's been very enjoyable, and I and I honestly never want to see a fucking pitcher hit again. Because I mean, a guy going out there and and struggling to hit 100, it just isn't enticing. It's like, oh well, he might bunt. I'm like, great, another fucking boring play. Right. Like I just I'm all for. I never want to see a pitcher hit again. Yep. There's a bot on Twitter that uh, pitchers who rake. I just hope they shut it down because it's not needed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what about that rule where a pitcher has to face three batters? Because I fucking love that rule too. I, I hate they used to take one pitcher out, lefty specialist, and yeah. put another pitcher in for a righty specialist. I love the the must face three batter rule too. That that's helping games go by just a little bit faster, and just a little bit faster is definitely welcome. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I pretty much just dug in and watched more games than I've ever watched in a weekend last week. And that, that includes like the playoffs. I love it. I mean, we're literally over 6% in the season already. Hasn't even been a week for me. That's what I want in a sport. I want to be able to sit down and spend three hours to watch something at least somewhat significant happen, you know? And when you have 162 games where one game doesn't even account for 1% of the season total, fuck that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just, I can't get into it. I know when you when you used to play when you were a kid and you play like baseball games on video games, you always have the, the option to shorten the season. I always picked like I think it was one hundred and twelve. Like that's like the that to me that's the money spot. Like get as close to hundred as possible. Right. Well, today we have on the show and we brought him in because uh, we are doing our AFC North preview. But Mister Stephen, we don't know what fake name last name to call him. <laughs> so Steve, welcome to the pod, man. Hey, appreciate it. Good to have Good you on, buddy. And uh, you are a Cincinnati Reds fan, so you can't be too unhappy about 
what unfolded over the weekend. Well, you know, one and four start, you know, pretty yeah. good. But I'm just saying, like some of the some of the pitching performances and everything, like there was some exciting stuff. Yeah, the uh, pretty much starting out in Great American Ballpark, they absolutely loved it. Uh, doing the whole training camp and you know three starters starting off six innings and leaving with a lead. Uh, I'm not used to that. So uh, (laughs) Cincinnati, I mean, how many times have we uh, won games early? I mean, we were already so far out by the end of April. We're like, okay, uh, football, college, high school football. uh, What's, what's up next? Yeah. So can can we just have, can we have Mr. Steven uh, go through all of his teams? Because uh, I'm pretty sure he's a candidate for uh, worst fan. So he's, he's definitely in the ballot. Yeah. Walk us through your team, Steve. All right, guys. I'm a graduate of Florida State. So, absolutely, <laughs> Florida State football. Gotta love it. Well, there's another football school, too, keep, right? Keep, keep going. <laughs> Grew up in Ohio, of course, Cincinnati. So, I was watching Ohio State every single Saturday. Got to see a couple national championships that way. Get, but, right, up, get right up on that mic. Make, make out with it. Oh, like this. Yes, exactly. There you go, sir. So, I'm also a Cincinnati Bengals fan for the AFC North. How about we, college basketball, Steve? Oh, but I also went to the University of Kentucky. <laughs> so, so you have three different college teams. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a tutor with John Wall. Hopefully he's listening right now. I'll make sure I tweet him out here in a little bit. John uh, Wall. <laughs> Cal Perry years, first two. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to get every team that would beat Brandon's teams. Like, yeah. That's just basically who I am. So Kentucky, Florida State. You got Cincinnati sometimes. Ohio State. <laughs> We won uh, two football championships back-to-back with a basketball championship in between there. So Kentucky basketball and Florida State and Ohio State football. You're really putting yourself out there, man. (laughs) So funny funny story about Steve is uh, we actually tried to fanbush him one time, and he refused to pick up the phone. (laughs) And his voicemail had his full phone number on there, and it got through on the recording and uh, I edited out only one digit. So basically, it would only take you nine tries. No, ten tries. Ten tries ten if numbers. you really want to find Steve. No. You don't. You don't want to. <laughs> that, that, might, that might be like a case of COVID yeah, coming don't, at you. Yeah, don't do right. it. Right. But uh, Steve, thanks for coming on, man. You're going to be... We, we, need a, we need a counter view to Brandon's Yenzers. always insufferable Steelers takes. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I don't know if I'll be able to fight this for the next hour. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, I'm kind of disappointed with how leveled Brandon Steelers takes have been on this pod. <laughs> He's weirdly rational on the pod, and I wish he was kind of the irrational person he was in our fantasy uh, group chat. I've never met this guy before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will this, say this Brandon, of course. His, his anti-Bengals, anti-Browns is not found in reason. Like, he, it's, it's, it's primal. Dude, he hate, dude, Brandon hates the Browns so much. I can tell his blood boil. I don't, I'm not even turning around to look at him in the Zoom screen right now, but I'll bet his blood is just boiling. He's probably got a little smirk, but it's like a downward smirk, like he's like cursing the world right now. Yeah, pretty close. Nailed it. Oh. <laughs> pretty, pretty close. Yeah, but anyways. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the pod, Steve. <laughs> so another huge story in sports. Uh, the season barely began. And if you were wondering what was going to fuck up the MLB stadium and the answer or your hypothesis was not Florida, then I don't really know <laughs> what you're thinking. Florida was always going to fuck up sports. Yeah. Only a matter of time. Marlins, man. Yes. 
Miami especially. They've been they've had a lot of issues this whole like Miami and Orlando have led this kind of charge, which is hilarious that the NBA put their bubble there. But Miami especially, and of course that's you know, where shit goes and hits a fan. What's the uh testing number up to? Um I think eighteen is what I saw today. Eight, yeah, eighteen. Yeah. Uh not necessarily players, but members of the team. I think it's th- yeah, I think it's thirteen player members of the team, oh. including like the sixty man. Uh, I don't think they're all active. I, I think it's like I think it's like five or six active, like forty man roster guys, and then like five coaches. So what does the NFL learn from this? Uh, I don't know because honestly, if you look if you look at their plan, it's very similar to baseball's plan. Uh, it, yes, it's not like you know hockey and NBA bubble. They they're really strict on distancing and and, keep, and containing the league from the outside world. Um, the NBA going down to one site and and the NHL going down to two sites. Um, obviously there's different needs from a football standpoint. You, know, you need a professional football field with professional lighting, lighting, same thing in, in baseball, because, um, that was the hardest part of the, the, the blue Jays trying to find a home in the U S is you needed good enough lighting. Their, their triple a stadium didn't have it, but, but they're that's just, where they wound up anyway. Right. But they're, they're right now they're spending a bunch of money to improve the lighting. Um, but it's, it's, they're basically semi quarantining in their respective city and still traveling. So, that's where the issue is coming. Yeah, and they haven't even ruled out fans. Their their biggest contingency plan is blocking off the first eight rows of the stadium. Like the NFL's plan is very looks very weak and is getting exposed by the MLB's problems right now. I think we can all agree to that. Yeah, NFL teams are mad that they at the proposition of only having twenty five percent of their stadium full. Right. Which yeah, twenty five percent of an NFL stadium is still fifteen fucking thousand people. Yes, <laughs> one major takeaway for uh, the NFL, I think, though, is that they have to absolutely expand the rosters, right? So have to. 50, 53, whatever. Uh, maybe maybe that's the active game day is only fifty three or whatever. But throughout the course of the practice season, you got to push it to like ninety, maybe. They should be able like to that. activate players like up to three hours before kickoff. For sure, have a pool of like sixty five. You can do that from. What do you guys think the number should be for active rosters? On so game day or on the field, uh, on the field, same fifty three. You yeah. should be able to make your decision the day of, but I think you should be able to pick that fifty three from a pool of like sixty sixty five, as late as like three hours before kickoff. What about active? Yeah, yeah I think there should be fifty three, just just like Derek said, and then I think there should be a pool of seventy five. I mean, sure. that's that's twenty two. That covers definitely offense, defense, and special teams. Um, so I, I, I think 53 active day, 75 rotating pool, not rotating, but, um, possible. Pool. Yeah. With the numbers we're seeing, I think 75 is almost light. Yeah, I agree. It I'd go be. higher. It really could be. But at that time, I mean, how do you find that many players? Like we, we I mean, the XFL was a XFL. lot of fun. The XFL was a lot of fun, but we saw the quality of product. Do you think there are that many players sitting out there ready to play football? I can't, dude. I know Taylor Cornelius is waiting. <laughs> <laughs> the old corn dog. Uh, flowers, Quentin Flowers. How, how's it? Yeah. I, I think the biggest problem is finding the the big boys, right? Like yeah. that's that's where the the problems. Offensive lie. line play falls off fast, yeah. right? Yeah, real fast. We're even looking at possibly having ninety people for your practices. I mean, yeah, and that runs a higher risk have, now. Well, you have two yeah. separate practices. That's what they're already yeah. proposing for the preseason. Mm-hmm. Imagine having 90 and having separate practices throughout the entire well, I mean, year. M- most organizations have multiple fields that they can practice on, so it's not that big of a deal, but you could definitely do, we're going to have our offense over here, our defense over here, or like a first team. But then you must have to keep like training one, one, staff separate twos, twos. and everything. You have to have like an A and B team for everything. Sure, that's a lot more employment for a lot of more, a lot more people. That's yeah. a good thing for right now. Well, jobs. My, my yeah. wife brought up a good point earlier and and yes, me and my wife talk sports. Uh, Mary's sports fan, folks. Uh, you'll go far. 
Um, but I, I, she said that the NFL probably has the best chance because of the mask situation. They're already talking about how they can basically put in like a visor over your mouthpiece, which would in fact prevent, you know, it's almost like a, I thought that was a good point. I saw Oakley proactively sent out prototypes to every team. They're terrible, but they're thinking about it. And it's a start. They have, they have air holes literally in the mouth. I mean, you would have to, to spit flies out if you've ever worn a, if you've ever worn a mask though those things like turn into a little like dutch oven real fast like well so i was at i was at the gym this morning and like they, they talk i'm gonna i'm in these small group classes and they talk you know social distancing and stuff but you i was spotting somebody for a bench press and he's wearing we're all wearing masks but he's wearing a gator which is like a very thin piece of cloth and i literally saw him exhale while he was putting up a bench press and i saw spit and it it. I, I could feel it oh. touching my face yeah so i'm like fuck man and like this is just me working out in a pretty well ventilated area with six people mm-hmm. imagine i i'm just i'm just trying to picture athletics man there's so much spit and mucus flying around. You well, know? that's that's the thing that's dangerous is is they, they're saying and you know from recommendations the normal six foot social distancing range in a gym atmosphere where yeah. you're like exhaling hard is like more like fifteen feet yeah. for sure. Uh, so in NFL, how many people are going to be in that fifteen foot radius? Yeah, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just Florida. I mean, it all comes back to Florida and screwing it all up, right? See, when was a gator ever acceptable? I mean, come on, exactly. <laughs> I mean. Come um, on. Going back to the the Marlins and stuff with the testing and all that, everything they have MLB has tried to come out and be like, this is mostly an isolated isolated incident. They're the only team that's really been affected, and they've had over six thousand something negative tests. So they're they're cracking down on the testing. They're amping that up, you know, to make sure that these teams aren't. Apparently, the Marlins were only doing every other day, and they announced they're going to do every day testing. Um, why that wasn't in there to begin with is the Marlins, but um, yeah. So I mean, it, is it going to hurt? put the season in question is the real concern. I think, yes. what do you guys think? It depends on the decision-making. And, and I think that the league has to put in some, some better guidelines because the medical experts told the Marlins, they tested, they had four players test positive Saturday. The medical ex- experts said, don't play. The league did not mandate that. And they played on Sunday. Anyways, that's the risk. It's, it's infecting another team. It's, so, so do you think it, do you think it finishes? I mean, when are they going to make these games up? Gun to your, uh, gun to your head. Well, well, the Marlins games don't matter. Let's well, be right. But the teams gonna... they play, they do. Sure. Um, it should just be forfeits. The, 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 the team at, at guilt should just have to forfeit. And yeah, those are yeah. cheap wins for the other team. And it's not exactly an equal playing field. But I think that's the only way you're going to establish accountability is if you absolutely forfeiture games. Imagine it being the Dodgers, though. That, that That's I a good mean, point, a good though. It, it forces the team to be accountable about their surroundings and, and making sure that you're sure. not putting yourself at risk to contract the disease. Yeah, but guys, um, huge flaw in that plan. It inspires cover-ups, 100%. If, if yeah. your only alternative is is to Losing forfeit to a game. Revenue. By the way, there's already evidence out there that the Marlins did, in fact, try to cover it up. Like yeah. straight up, they oh, they, oh, absolutely. they they were they were weighing the option of playing a game when they knew that people were positive. So um, even without the incentive out there, the Marlins were looking to fudge the numbers. So yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 I don't think that would create a good situation. The, the downside all. for the for Major League Baseball is the schedule that they created for themselves of like sixty games in like sixty eight days doesn't leave much room. Yeah, to there's make no these lag. Games up. It's a great point. Mm-hmm. It may may have been too squat, but dude, when you're talking about the postseason. You have to factor in the Northeast and these winter markets. You can't be playing playoff baseball in mid-November. You no. can't. 
Nope. You cannot. If, I mean, there there are literally parts of this country that you could not even like physic. You could physically play a game, but have have you ever fucking played golf when it's like thirty two degrees outside? Yeah. It is fucking miserable. Everything hurts. First of all, everything hurts. Imagine getting hit by a Joe Kelly Kelly fastball in so, twenty degree weather. If they needed to, they could always try to put those games inside a indoor arena. But or they're something, they're or also racing site. against like True. traditional. They could. But they're also racing against like traditional flu season here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's another wave coming. Yeah, they have to finish before it gets here. God bless you, MLB. You're you're gonna be you're the testing grounds. It's 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 pretty funny yeah. that the most unstable league is going to be the testing grounds for the most controversial season in sports history. Well, well let's if, be real. If the MLB has to die for the NFL to live. <laughs> I'd sacrifice the MLB. We know you would, but let's be real. The MLB screw, totally screwed this up by not starting it earlier. There was no reason that these negotiations needed to go on as long as they did. They could have gotten started in May or something like that in terms of the negotiations, yeah. been playing by June, and we wouldn't be having this conversation over, you know, this many issues with, you know, everything going on. But let's so. not skirt over. I, I know Brandon's been saving that thing because he said it in our group chat the other day. It was a fucking good line. If the MLB has to die so the NFL can live, I'm all f- I think the whole <laughs> world's for that. Would anybody not trade the MLB for the NFL? No. I Jeez. Yeah. If those are my choices, then no. No way. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't, I mean, the NFL, what they're trying to get away with, <laughs> it seems a little ambitious as well. I wish I had Brandon's uh, Barry Sanders comment queued up right now. I, I, I need to get that on the uh, on the soundboard here. Yeah, <laughs> for, for sure. <laughs> I think maybe. <laughs> so uh, one interesting thing is uh, that they've been talking about with baseball is there's a point where the players will accrue a season and there's a possibility that some players accrue their season and then say, cool, give me my money. I've accrued a season. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm now opting out for the rest of the season because I don't want to put myself at risk. Nick Markakis came out today. He'd already opted out, decided he's going to opt back in so that he can play for the Braves. That's interesting for yeah. sure. But do you think that how many players do you think we see opt out? Is it mostly going to be confined to non-contenders or what? So I got a question here, Newman, before we go into it, because I know that NFL, as soon as you opt out, you cannot opt back in. I'm assuming that's not the same with MLB then. You have the flexibility there. Uh, obvious, obviously, they're going to allow him to do it because yeah. otherwise we w- I wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah, I know it, the but. NFL is like a seven-day window period. And it's Your decision's final. Mm-hmm. So the NFL yep. also did a – th- they're instituting a thing where if you're opting out for a medical reason – you're entitled to $350,000 of like medical coverage for your essential salary, like based on an insurance claim for Mm -hmm. you this year, regardless of how much you're supposed to make you entitled to that. But if you don't have a valid medical reason for yourself, I think not even for like your family, uh, like Nate, Nate Solder is opting out because of his kids. Um, then, then you don't get anything. No, you get, no, you get 150,000 as a stipend. That's advanced advanced to you from from next year's contract. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see a panel that determines the validity of your opt-out. Let's oh, call I them. I, I, I don't know. What could we call them? Let's just say death panel. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to make the jump, but I'm glad you did. Yes. I, I will always jump the shark for this podcast. <laughs> and why on that? I, I don't understand how, as a cancer survivor, how Nate Solar doesn't qualify himself for a medical exemption. I don't know that he doesn't, but I mean, yeah. I just saw that I know he's, he's undisclosed the reason that he's so stating yep. as opting out is because of his child who also has cancer is at high risk. Yeah. Well, we're sack patents, so we might as well just go right in. Um, the NFL 
has had a lot of opt-outs this week, uh, mainly with the Patriots. And there's all sorts of, you know, it's great meme material, but I don't know if it's actually true. But yeah, there, there's there's less stars than, you know, insignificant players that are opting out, but Hightower, huge. Yeah, that's a big thing. Huge. I think he may be the most important player out of right. all of them so far the that whole I've league. seen yeah, I would, uh, I to, so. to announce that he's opting out. It sucks that we did our AFC East preview last week. I was thinking that yeah. right when I saw these opt-outs because we all took the Patriots, every single one of us. I, I still do. Is uh, that is that Bill Bad- really? Belichick being like, hey, damn, it's you don't really want to play this year, right? Just opt out so we can get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so I, I think for him, you, you have to look at like motivation here too. So and this is a conversation I have with, with a, a group of friends earlier this week is you're looking at this from the perspective of your team, right? Thinking, oh, you're opting out, whatever. If you're a Patriots player, I mean, Hightower has three Super Bowl rings. What is what is the risk reward here? Like, what's the reward? A fucking fourth? Like, no. Let's take the season off. You have a young kid at home. A very unlikely fourth. A very unlikely fourth. Exactly. So I, I did just, I see where the Patriots now freed up twenty two million dollars. They may or may um, not have a lot yeah. of cap money right now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do I? I think we all know of a specific defensive player that is looking for around that amount of money. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, whoa, whoa. does his name start with? Jadavion? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. I, I could see a one-year deal bringing Clowney in, for sure. He seems like a patriot. He does. <laughs> he really fucking does, man. That guy's in it for himself, and that that's, uh, hey, that's 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 the Patriots, man. They, they're good at honing in uh, expansive egos. So, so what about some other guys? I mean, Patrick Chung, also from the Patriots. That's Sucks. A, that's Fuck Patrick Chung. Terrible. He's a, he is a replacement-level player. He's the most... Indeed. He may be one of the most overrated players in the NFL. Okay. 100%. All right. Well, uh, 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 <laughs> well you're 100%. interested in... You've been talking about depth, depth at offensive line. I mean, you got a couple of backups. Yeah, so Marcus I mean, Cannon opts down. out. Um, yeah. Cancer survivor himself. He's a rotational offensive lineman. I, I He's somebody you want to have, mm-hmm. um, but... If there's anything that I believe in, it's Dante Skarniecki finding another guy that can plug in and play offensive line. Sure. Uh, there's also the Kansas City Chiefs had uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who is a doctor in his non-football time, um, who decided to opt out. Yeah. Uh, but then, the other one. Tardif for, for the offensive lineman or for the, no, the Chiefs? No, for, for the Chiefs. And then Damian Williams just today, a little bit before the pod started. Super Bowl hero. Yeah, right Damian there. Williams was, you know, starter. Here's the thing. Damian Williams... He's been around the league for a while. Yeah. He's been a backup running back for a long time. You finally have an opportunity, and then you're like, okay, I'm not going to play this year in a season in which maybe I am risking potentially having a good season and getting a big payday. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's – I did not know that. That is a bad decision on Damian Williams. I, I, when I, If you look up replaceable players in the dictionary, Damian Williams' face is right there. Um, I would say any running back in the Andy Reid offense. For real, though. <laughs> sure. absolutely. Or maybe, for the most part, any – Running back outside the, the top other, 10. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one, replaceable. one of the lesser talents they got in the draft at running back, he's like projected to be one of the top rated running backs in fantasy this year. Oh, the, the first running back taken off the board? Clyde Edwards Hilaire? That, that who you're talking about? Uh, yes, I actually am. Yeah. <laughs> Their first yeah. round draft pick? Yeah. No, uh, he's pretty good. He was the first running back taken off the board. He's the first running back taken. Wow. Um, thir- pick 32 I overall miss that. out of yeah. LSU. And then, and then it was Jonathan? Jonathan Taylor was yeah. the second round pick, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Anyways, though, dude, I completely uh, fucking miss that. But I mean, I guess <laughs> complete whiff. But yeah, everybody, the fantasy, you know, experts are are that's their, their number one tweet today. Is is you know remember this name? Yeah, like he's not going to go in the first round now. Yeah. Um. So going back on that, see, I I w- literally do not know that. So this must be a good receiving back. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. They, so, so they did not take Taylor specifically because he's not a good receiver, I assume. Yeah. So yeah. so one of the reasons that they they um that they said they liked him in an interview afterwards is Andy Reid, uh the the GM put him put film of him on, and Andy Reid was like, That kind of looks like Brian Westbrook, who, if you know anything about Brian Westbrook, was incredibly effective in the Andy Reid offense back in the Eagles days. If Clyde Edwards Hilaire could live up to being Brian Westbrook, that's a guy who's, you know, three, four, five years in a keeper league. Sign me up all day. Sure. Yeah. 100%. So, wow. Bizarre decision from Damian Williams. That guy is going to be not he out of the league, done. but he's, he's completely replaceable. So for, for sure. So how about some guys who aren't necessarily super replaceable? Uh, Star Latule for the Bills is an important player. He's been a really good defensive tackle for a long time. He's not gonna he's not gonna play. And then you've got Eddie Goldman for the Bears, who's one of their more important defensive tackles uh, and and run stoppers on that offense. And then and then we already mentioned Nate Solder. Like some of the big boys, like yeah. those are hard to replace. Those guys probably don't have to worry about it. But what about anybody else on this list? Not gonna it, are they maybe pissing away their opportunity to play in the NFL? I mean, how as a wide receiver, how do you leave the the Eagles? I mean, there's like negative amount of receivers in Philadelphia. Right. I mean, Marquise yeah. Goodwin isn't or Godwin isn't a good receiver, but someone's got to catch passes I'm, there. I'm like, pretty, why would you leave? I'm pretty confident I could put up a 270 receiving yard season with the Eagles. Just right, right off, right off my uh, fucking with my achy knees and everything, I could probably oh, yeah. have 270 they can't, they yards. Can't cover everybody. <laughs> Just by virtue of targets and need. Not being Zach Ertz. Yep. Yeah. 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 Or, or Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Right. And yep. they're not guarding you. Um, mm-hmm. So what's a, two, what's a two tight end offense look like if you only have two tight ends? <laughs> Dude, what is the... I think we're going to see 2,000-yard seasons out of those tight ends. It's going to be just monster season yep. again. That'd be great for fantasy owners because tight ends a wasteland. Yeah, it is. Um, it's funny how things like come cyclically. Uh, just kind of a random thought, like tight end. Like they were A few years ago, there was a ton of them, and now there's yeah. like none of them. It's like the same mm-hmm. thing if you play fantasy baseball. A few years ago, shortstop, shortstop. was a, a premium position. Now Incredibly you, weak. You, now you're swimming in them. You know what? That's a good topic, <laughs> and I think I'm going to go off our agenda here, and I'm going to say that I think that this year – is a year because last year, dude, I've never seen tight ends at more of a premium and the pri- prior year. But this year, you got Gronk coming back. You have three just exceptional talents who I think are primed for massive seasons this year in the NFL. You got Fant, Denver, um, Hawkinson with Detroit, yep. and Irv Smith with the Vikings. I think all three of these guys are just dark horse players to just absolutely break out this year. Yep. Um, I which weirdly is like gonna- Ebron. Yeah, it's going to widen. But, you know, Ebron's been around. I'm talking about guys that are going like, to change the NFL. Um, I really like what I see in Fant and Hawkinson. Who, who's the rookie one this year? The big rookie tight end? Uh, for which team? There's like the, who's the, I, I'm trying to think. There's a, there's a rookie tight end that was like, I think um, it, Cole Komet for Green Bay. That might have been who. Rookie yeah. tight ends rarely make huge splashes. There was one that's that true. There was one that I was like, okay, circle that. That's that's a solid. There's another oh. tight end that was drafted by the Broncos. So the Broncos have Fant already, right. but who's supposed to be a speed tight end who Drew Lock played with at Missouri. Yep. Um he's supposed to be very much so like a pass catcher. He's not going to be as good as a blocker as Fant, but sure. if you if you want to go two tight ends, that that's a pretty decent system to do it, and that'll open things up. And I mean, Denver's got some pretty good wide receivers. I think with Jerry think, Judy and 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 uh, your boy Cortland Sutton over there. You know, like I think OJ Howard's on the board finally for real. Like I mean, he's been a lot of people's pick. I believe it when I see it. I know, and that's that's the that's a fair assessment. He's been overdrafted per, per his actual in season production every year. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, oh, this is the year for OJ Howard. 
if there's ever a year for OJ Howard, it's the number two tight end in a Tom Brady offense. I just can't. I, I, I love what we call it Tom Brady's offense and not Bruce Arians' offense. It's Tom Brady's offense. It's hilarious, though. <laughs> so, Tom so Brady can't do Bruce Arians' offense. He, he can't my, throw the ball 45 yards. Uh, he just yeah, can't. Yeah, True? He just can't do it. They'll adapt. They'll figure he it can't. out. But here's my issue. Here's my issue with the whole O.J. Howard thing. Last year, there was a plethora of targets available for O.J. Howard, and he just never got them because that offense doesn't. But you got to remember, we're, we're transitioning from Bruce Arians' offense to a Tom Brady offense. <laughs> I, I mean, I think he'll have some production, but I'm not. I'm not a. I don't think that O.J. Howard becomes a fantasy relevant starter unless Gronk gets hurt. Tom throws the ball where he wants to. It does you need sure. somebody to dump it off to? OJ Howard's gonna be <laughs> spent a lot of time blocking. That's my that's my assessment. He dropped oh, a lot of sure. passes last year. Yeah. I think OJ Howard gets traded this year. Still. I mean, New England won him last year. I, I think they would still take him. Speaking of <laughs> trades. Probably. Speaking of trades, how about uh Jamal Adams? It's a Newman Segway. Segway. There we go, baby. The Jamal Adams trade that went down this weekend. Yeah. I mean, you were you were just ripping on Jamal Adams on the Jets last week on the pod. So, so I, I want to know like if you're Jamal Adams, what's the progression of things like, all right, I want out of New York. How do I do it? I was ripping Jamal Adams. No, no, you're ripping the Jets. For, oh, yeah, for absolutely. Got yeah, it. I put, yeah. I put him in my top three safeties, and he's yeah. fucking not even hit his prime yet. 100%, I'll rip the Jets. But if you're Jamal Adams, you're like, okay, just tell everybody I want out. Oh, no, that didn't work? Okay. Uh, tell everybody the owner has to go. The owner's bad. Oh, that didn't work out? Um, okay, head coach, yeah. no idea what he's yep. doing. Yep. <laughs> Wait, head coach and GM at the same time? Right. Yes, and, and then the GM goes, we did not trade him because he was talking up. Right. <laughs> all right, whatever he said. This has all the makings of the Jets building picks so that they can just ride out this season, get rid of Adam Gase, and then rebuild towards something better. But I, I do want to ask a question. Crossed. I do want to ask a question to the pod. It's, it's who disagrees with the trade on either side? Literally, just, just straight up. Does anybody actually disagree with the trade? Do you think the Seattle gave too much? Do you think the Jets shouldn't have given up such a transcendent player? I what, think there's there's three winners in this trade. One, the Jets win because they get a lot of value back. Two first rounds and yep. a third. That's no joke. That's a lot of talent. That's mean, a war chest. Google's not nothing at safety. No, he's a, he's a replacement level safety. He's a solid safety. I think the Seahawks get a, a stud and kind of rebuild the Legion of Boom. And, and they gave away a lot, but he's a known quantity. You know what you're getting. I mean, two first rounds. The Seahawks suck at drafting anyway. So exactly. They, they do. They're and, terrible. And I think the third winner here is the Pittsburgh Steelers because look what they got fucking Minka Fitzpatrick for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A yeah. fraction Hanny's of that price tag. Yeah. And he's on the dollar. Great point. Man, dude. How moist are you out there, Brandon? Oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I think it's a great trade on all sides. Uh, Pete Carroll, his team, they need that transcendent safety, man. They they just lost a little mustard or a little bit of mustard on their defense last year without Earl Thomas. Mm-hmm. And prior year, they lose Chancellor. Um, they, they, they've broken down defensively without these elite safeties. That defensive system needs an elite safety, and they yeah. have it now. And that defense, you can kind of build around. It would have been great if they could have kept Clowney. For my money, I would much rather have Adams and Clowney. So, so I think the important thing is it, it's Seattle taking advantage of a window, right? Like yeah. they realize this is a window to win. So we're going to push in. We don't care about the first round draft picks. You know what I mean? You're not one first round draft pick for, for uh, Jamal Adams is not nearly enough to replace that value. Two, it 
get to that point where you're like, all right, this is making me a little uncomfortable, but that's the best trades. The best trades are when both sides are uncomfortable, right? Yeah. So for the Jets, this is a win in terms of you're giving up an elite player, but you're getting back some some good draft picks. The question as a Jets fan is, are we? How long is this rebuild gonna last? Because like we've been rebuilding for a long time now. There's always next year, Newman. Don't it yeah. lets it lets Wagner play sideline to sideline, which is when he's at his best because you bring that threat to, to cover up the middle, knowing that you know mm-hmm. if you come across the middle, Jamal Adams is waiting for you. Yeah. That's you know what Cam Chancellor used to do. It's what they've had in the middle. Even Earl Thomas playing you know some spy defenses. But the big thing too, and I think what makes this possible, they hit on Metcalf way better than they thought they were going to. For sure. And when you get a, a stud like that that fits well into their offensive scheme, you can give away a first-round pick because you got your first-rounder for this year, last year, in the, what, the third round? Yeah, second or third, something like that. Yeah. For sure. But I almost think Pete Carroll on the wide receiver front is been for a number of years of the opinion that we're never going to spend a lot on wide receivers because we have Russell fucking Wilson. I can't tell you how many years I've been like, Doug Baldwin is not yes, fucking good. He's not. And he <laughs> just kept he's not. He kept getting drafted higher than I would ever take him. And he kept producing well, to the price tag. It's, it's fucking it, infuriating. Dude, you, don't even have to reach, the ball. you don't even have to reach for Baldwin. Let's talk about their current guy. Yeah. Tyler Lockett. Dude, yeah. 100%. Like if you think Tyler Lockett would be doing anything that he's doing right now on any other team, you're fucking wrong. I, I will say that Tyler Lockett's a more... A, he's a better athlete than Doug Baldwin when ever was. Okay, I, what he's is, a kick returner, punt returner from Kansas State, so he has wiggle to him and speed. Right? Isn't least. he also like five foot two? Yeah, no, he's it, not quite that small. But Doug Baldwin short. wasn't big either. So yeah, it doesn't Baldwin's matter. like five ten. What What is it about the way that Russell Wilson runs out of the pocket though that lets that middle deep throw be open? Because everyone else at the, the threat the, to run the rule, but the, the rule for every other quarterback is don't throw it middle late. But fucking Wilson throws a middle late and Doug Baldwin's sitting there with his dick in his hand is waiting for the goddamn ball. Because he's so <laughs> he's so good at throwing mid-stride. It's it's, it's unreal. Ridiculous. He's incredibly accurate, too. He, he reminds me of, like, he's like a, a current generation Fran Tarkenton. Uh, the, 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 the comparison never really gets thrown around. I don't really know why. Because nobody knows who Fran Tarkenton Small, is. Are you kidding me? Hall <laughs> of Famer? I, I mean, uh, we, we haven't watched a lot of Fran Tarkenton films. Right. Fair. I mean... Fran Tarkin is one of the most famous quarterbacks in NFL history. I, I know who he is. I, I have watched some of him, but I was, most people have not watched yeah, a lot of Fran I, I would say 85% of the time I hear Fran Tarkenton being spoken, it's out of Drew's mouth. I mean, <laughs> if you don't know Fran Tarkenton, you're just not a no, student I'm not, of NFL I, history. I'm not saying. It's just I, I think he, it get, that comparison gets overlooked because Fran Tarkenton gets overlooked. Look at Brandon right. over there. He's True. like, man, that guy wasn't a Steelers player, was he? I mean... <laughs> Uh, we've talked about Fran Tarkenton still. I checked out. I, like, I if, if, if you want to compare Fran Tarkenton, say, I don't know, uh, Terry Bradshaw, uh, you'd have to go to a lot of differences. One being talent. Fran Tarkenton had it. Bradshaw didn't really. Terry Bradshaw's um, the worst player in the Hall of Fame. The, the luckiest player in the Hall of Fame? One of the worst. The luckiest player in the Hall of Fame. He's painful to listen to on TV, man. He sucks. <laughs> Every time I hear Fran Tarkenton, I, I automatically think of that NFL fans. Bum, 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 bum. John Facenda, the voice of God. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw, 32-year-old racist quarterback for Pittsburgh. <laughs> on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. The frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. A bald motherfucking vulture-looking bitch approaches in a league where beer vendors and fucking truck drivers are playing linebacker. Just be, just be real. The Duck Dynasty guy started over him. Yeah, he did. At LSU. At, at Louisiana Tech, actually. Yeah. Louisiana Tech? Yeah. Oh, shit. 
God, dude. So he's from Louisiana the, Tech's education is so bad they had to put the fucking state on the helmet. But dude, the, the, this is where we're from. So I, I I don't know about you guys, but until I heard about the Duck Dynasty thing, too. I didn't know that I didn't know that Bradshaw was from Louisiana, and now it makes so much sense. His incoherence makes way more sense. He's the most articulate for, person in Louisiana for sure. For for sure. sure. <laughs> Jesus. So, so anyway, uh, uh, back to the Adams trade, um, and this will set up Newman trivia for the day. Ooh. Jamal Adams. It's the Newman segway. Jamal Adams is one of 12 players ever traded for multiple first-round picks. Can you name the other 11? And I don't expect you to get all 11, but you'll get a few. But some of the other names are fun, so that's why I said Herschel Walker. Yes. We talked about that one earlier. Uh, you yeah. can't count Ricky Williams because they traded for a pick, not the player. So, so actually, the... Um, the Dolphins traded for him, and I think they gave up two first-round picks. Okay. Yeah. So, so Ricky Williams is, is another correct answer. So, and what, what was the question again? Multiple first-round picks? Multiple first-round picks, yeah. Um. So let's think of just there, massive. There's some, there's some recent ones. Was Richard Seymour, did they put a second first-round no, in there? No, oh, it was just the one. Can you guy. count where they trade for picks, like, say, Carson Wentz? No. Okay. No. Because, I mean, the Eagles did trade multiple oh, yeah. first-round picks for Carson Wentz, yeah, 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 technically. Yeah, but, yeah, but So the Julio doesn't count. No, no, okay. no. Shit. All um, right. Well, that makes it way more complicated. Um, you got a little segue. There's, to, there's uh, a couple of the most recent years. So. What do you think, Steve? Defensive yeah. end for Chicago. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. Mack. Khalil Mack. Marlon Mack. Khalil Mack. He's, a, uh, he's an uh, edge rusher. Yes, edge rusher. Oh. Um, he is he is a correct answer, so that's three. I knew, what else you got? I knew Steve would have one in him. He's, he's actually very knowledgeable. He's got a call did, bomb. Did Jalen Ramsey go for multiple? Sure did. That's nice. four. Good. That's Good not call. bad, Eddie. Nice. Good call, man. There, Good there's, call. there's one more recent one that I think you well, should well, get. Well, did Deion Sanders go for multiple first rounders? No, he did not. Interesting. Okay, you want to hear some of the other is names? It, is it just players? Yeah, I was, it was okay. just players. I didn't know uh, you were talking about Bill Belichick. So, so an, another name. I think. I think uh, technically, John Gruden as well. Uh, yeah, he right? did too. But um. Yep. But yeah. So uh, the other player that is most recent is Larry Tunsil. Oh yeah. Yep. Um. You guys mentioned. You guys mentioned a few others in there. How about our boy Smoking Jay Cutler? Did he fucking oh, really damn. went for two first round really? draft picks? Two, is that out of Denver? Um, yeah, uh, out of Denver out to of Chicago. Denver. Yep. Uh huh. And then, uh, how about his uh, alter ego from twenty years earlier, Jeff George? Yep. Your boy. Okay. Solid um, trade. Keyshawn Johnson. Jesus. Ed, uh, Eric Dickerson. And then uh, there's this guy named Fred Young, who I don't even know who he is. And then Ooh. my my favorite on the list, just because he once got in a fight with Jim Rome on live television, Jim Everett, quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking Jim Everett. That's the best scene ever. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty great. Who <laughs> traded multiple first rounders for Jeff George? I, uh, like, wow! Like, um, because he played in Chicago and Baltimore, right? Uh, he, he played, played for, for like the Vikings too. <laughs> he played for like every. It team. wasn't the Vikings that did that. Well, I know I'm sorry, that the Baltimore Colts back in the day. By the way, Jeff yes. George had a great season for the Vikings. A really his best season of his entire career. The Indianapolis Colts dealt disgruntled quarterback Jeff George to the Atlanta Falcons in 1994. Oh, the same team that dealt Brett Favre just a couple of years prior. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, Falcons well, are such yeah. a bad organization. That's so bad. Yeah. Jesus. Keyshawn, man, for two first. Yeah. That was our best job at Newman Trivia. That's pretty Pats good. on the back, everybody. Good job, guys. Oh. Hey, shout out to Steve for... Nailing one, yeah. You're fucking good for something, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> let's get to this AFC North thing so I can shit on the Steelers for a little. While. No, we're not quite there yet. So let's go to uh, Joey Bosa <laughs> signs a big deal uh, for the Chargers, uh, very much warranted and very much needed from the Chargers. 
But what do you guys think? I mean, I, I don't really think it's it was too much. I mean, does, he, does anyone think it's too much? So the numbers are five for 135 with $102 million guaranteed um, throughout the life of the deal. I think it's like 67 guaranteed up front or something. Pre- pretty nice for Joey Bosa. Yeah. Um, J.J. Watt was like, uh, hey, T.J. Watt, like, eyes, like, seeing this? Because yeah. <laughs> somebody's so about to get paid. Mm-hmm. The, the Garrett deal, that was a 25 a year? 125 um, for, five. for five. Yep. Yeah. So, so, I, I so a little I just, less. I, I prefer Garrett to Bosa. So I would say, you know, better for the Cleveland Browns in this situation. Um, but still within the range. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you say you know Cleveland got a good deal, and this is you know market value. It, it's it's within the within the range. Well, they got a uh, player almost murdered someone a year prior discount. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yes, exactly. Uh, Joey Bosa has been pretty squeaky clean. Yeah, for sure. Um, although mm-hmm. he's not been on the field quite. Well, they've both had a little bit of injury concerns. Um, and then, but Joey Bosa is a more productive pass rusher. He's a great player. Based on the numbers. He's a great player. Miles Garrett is better against the run, though. So there is, you know, a little bit of a trade-off there. To me, I think it means he got a little bit of a discount for Miles Garrett. But for the most part, I think it's okay with the deal. And Bosa's you know, a turnover machine, man. He, he he knows how to scoop and score. He gets his hands up in passing lanes. He's like, great. There, there's, a, there's a couple times where he just puts his hands up and just comes right down with the ball. But the Chargers have to invest in somebody, right? Like, they haven't really spent a lot of money on any of their players. So this is, yeah. you know, well, yeah, at some point, you got to do it. Derwin's going to get paid sometime. Yes. So it's interesting, but uh, Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa both appear on uh, PFF's top 100 list, which shouldn't surprise anybody for last year. Mm-hmm. They were actually right next to each other. Nick Bosa slightly edged out Joey Bosa at 28. PFF still rated Joey Bosa as the 29th best player in the league. So to me, for for my money, which I say too much, um, 100%. That is a great deal for the Chargers. Where, where do they have Garrett? Just out of curiosity, just because we compared the two deals. He may not even be in the top 100 because he didn't finish the season. Oh, that's fair. But I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. I think I what just, you got to have, we have to kind of realize too is, out of these new negotiations that are going to be coming up, and they talked about that with Mahomes too, is how much money you got, but... You know, forty million dollars of the last contract negotiations for the NFLPA. It's not going to be the same forty million dollars of next year, right. right? So we're talking about money way down the road. Where I mean, any defensive end possibly could be getting a hundred million dollars if they're say top half. For sure, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think we're heading to that. Game. Is it is it an additional five or does it displace his his, his current contract? Or is it five on the end of it? I think it's a five five year extension for okay. So that's even better because we're yeah. talking you know probably what six seven years out in the future here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good deal for the Chargers. Um, and I like the Garrett comparison, but yeah, that is definitely a uh, almost murdered somebody discount. There's really no doubt about <laughs> it. Ten million dollars for almost murdering somebody—that's mm-hmm. not too bad. No, it's good. Good for you, Garrett. <laughs> they they wanted to play good. Duck Hodges anyway. They were just doing him a favor. <laughs> Don't start me on Duck fucking Hodges. <laughs> Hey, we were at that game. I know. We were at that game. First row. So do you guys want to jump into our positional preview since we're talking about the edge rushers? Sure. So one one of the series that we're doing is top three at their position. Uh, this week, we're doing edge rushers and offensive tackles. So let's just start with the edge rushers. Um, who you got? Top three. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's really so hard. It's, it's, it's very hard. What's, I'll, I'll what's start. The what's, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I have the Neil Hunter, uh, at, at number three, I have miles Garrett at number two, what? And I have Joey Bosa 
at, at number one for that turnover uh, reason. Uh, so you Miles don't even Garrett, have your boy in there? Uh, so again, I mean, we, we did, we did edge rusher. Are you talking about Cam Hayward? We're talking about people, um, no, people who rush no, the passer Cam, Cam so, is a down on, online off outside linebackers and defensive ends. TJ Watt counts towards this group. Yeah. I, I, I only picked people um, on the three, four or the four, three on, on the line. That's fair. I did no, I did no outside linebackers for this. As long as you um, keep it consistent and you keep those in the other ones that works for sure. Yeah. Whatever. Where oh, would you put uh, TJ Watt amongst this group? I mean, probably number one um, okay. on that. Uh, I mean, I, again, he's, I think, <laughs> a little bit of a homework pick, but I mean, I, he, he's arguably uh, the defensive MVP on that. But uh, yeah, for me, it was it was DNs that just kind of wreck havoc um, there. So I went Daniil Hunter, Miles Garrett, and Joey Bosa, but I also wanted to give credit to some DNs that kind of um, you know also do a really good job. You got Cam Hayward, you got Cam Jordan, and uh, – Old man Justin Houston so um, continues to get it done. Houston is good, but he's definitely past his prime. This is yep. this question always just to remind you guys is who are you taking right now? Right for for these players. So so I'll, I'll go ahead and jump into mine. Um, I, I got Nick Bosa at three. Um, number two, I'd probably go Joey Bosa just on the age factor, and, and I think they're comparable. Got some potent sperm. And and number one, um, I think he's a guy that gets even though I don't think he's underrated as far as football fans but underappreciated because he went from one kind of shitty market to a good football market that used to be, you know, good, but isn't anymore. Cleo Mack is, is the fucking Still. truth. Thank you for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Dude, how do you leave Cleo Mack at your top three? Yeah. Cleo Mack, I think I'm sorry. Cleo Mack's, linebacker, Drew, Cleo that's, Mack's that's number one. Easy. Yeah, but yeah. The, the league considers him an edge rusher, so he's definitely deserved. Yeah, so I'll take the Bosa's and Cleo Mack. Okay. What, what about you, Drew? I, all right. So I'm going to start off with number three. I'm also going Nick Bosa. Um, the, I, this guy is, this, this is, we're, we're, we're looking at the beginnings of a, such a special player. Um, and it's only going to get more incredible. I mean, how does this guy, if you actually look at his stats in the playoffs last year and in the Super Bowl, by the way, he was fucking unreal. So these are the most, re, they might be recency bias, whatever. To me, it shows what a gamer this guy is. Um, unstoppable. This guy. He's, he's going to get better and better and better and better. Nick Bosa is going to terrorize the league for the next several years. And number two is going to be controversial because he has lost some luster. I think it's personally because he hasn't played in the defense that he has recently. But I can't think, you cannot forget about Von Miller. Um, Von Miller, for my money, he's still the guy that he was. He hasn't lost enough that I think that he's fallen so far out of it. Just considering previous seasons... And right now, I think the, I think the Broncos are going to be really good this year. Um, I'm taking Von Miller at number two. And number one, it's Quill Mack. I'm sorry. I've, I've not seen a defender change a game, change a game like that guy has. You, when we, he was in your trivia for guys that they traded for 100% worth it. Yeah. Every fucking dollar, every cent that they may have lost from being able to draft other first-rounders. Give me Khalil Mack at number one, and until he gets any less dominant, you can't convince me otherwise. Well, well, yeah. I mean, like, the Raiders, they had two first-round draft picks. They may even get Khalil Mack out of one of them, which they didn't. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yep, whatever, you know. Uh, I think it's an Cle- edge rush. Cleveland Farrell was one of the worst edge rushers in the league last year, just so everyone knows. There, there's there's the so team. many honorable Everybody mentions hated that, are, pick. that are right there, too, though. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys that are right there. Sure. Right. Steve, what do you got? 
No, I have Kahlua Mac number one. I was thinking about the potent sperm top three, basically, because yeah. like, <laughs> what tree did Kahlua Mac come from? Right. Like, pfft, my quads aren't even as big as his biceps. We're not talking about arms. We're talking about he looks like one straight. muscle. He's, He's insane. Just one big muscle. Big quad. <laughs> Yeah. I really wanted to throw TJ in there at three for the potent sperm, but Von Miller still is still three for me. But I actually have Nick Bosa. Just how young number he two? is. The age. Number two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a little smaller and I gotta throw a shout out to Ohio State just uh to get, you know, my boy Brandon Bristow over there a little mad. It's yeah. no stretch. Like if you had a just complete draft of the NFL right now, factoring in age and everything, Nick Bosa would be in the top ten. There's really no doubt about it. Yeah, that's fair, right? So, just think about Ohio State's run at defensive end the last few years here. <sighs> yeah, both Bosa brothers and then Chase, Chase Young. Yeah. Chase Young, ridiculous, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, you Chase go, Young, you can go back even dude. farther than that. It's, it's for, unreal. For sure. Next year, we will be talking. Like, I have no doubt about it. If we do the same exact ranking, ranking next offseason, it's gonna be Chase Young and Nick Bosa in that fucking squad. Sure. So, so I like to give it to guys that have a little bit more of a track record of production. So I want more than one year. Right. So for my top three, I went um, Joey Bosa. T.J. Watt and Zadarius Smith. What rec, what, Ooh. what what uh where where are they falling? Uh, so I'm doing Bosa one, Watt two, Zadarius Smith. Three. Bosa one, huh? Yeah, because of the level of pass pass production. So Zadarius Smith was actually the number Khalil one. Mack pass. hasn't done enough for you. University of Kentucky, no, shout no, out. No, so the last couple years, he's had a little bit of a step back. Sure. Um, I think if I'm taking him right now, I'm going to go with a little bit of a younger guy for the projection forward. Zadarius Smith is a criminally underrated player. He was the number one pass rushing, like in terms of effectiveness last year in the NFL. What about the year prior? So he was productive in Baltimore. Productive. But but he wasn't unleashed. Never a top 50 player though. Sure, but then you go all the way to number one, so that's why I'm picking him three of my spots, and that's that's where he gets hammered a little bit there for me. Um, Von Miller, I think, had a little bit of a down year, but how about... Some just some other guys that I threw in that I, that I like to see where you guys maybe put them. How about Chandler Jones? Yeah, he's on the tip of my tongue. Continues to be productive, yep. even though he's aging. So that's why I don't have him in the top one. Daniel Hunter's right there on that cusp. It was tough for me to go Daniel Hunter or Zadarius Smith. Miles um, Garrett. How about Calais Campbell? Yes, always yep. underrated. Calais like, Campbell narrowly missed my top three for yeah, sure. He's yep. really good. Um, you got you know obviously Garrett, Mac, Nick Bosa. Um, how about some young guys that might come in there? What about Brian Burns, first-round draft pick at, for Carolina? He was incredibly productive last year. And Josh Allen uh, out of Kentucky for uh, the Jaguars, play, yeah. replacing Yannick Ngakwe. He's going to have to play a bigger role this year. So I think those are some guys that we could see jump in next year. I hate – I like your – Darius Smith, I think, is just an awful pick, though. I mean, you, you literally said they have more of a track record. Darius Smith was incredible last year, 100%. But prior to that, with, with the Ravens, I mean, he was a – Ravens defense didn't lose much at all when they lost him. So I don't know. He was never he was never I, considered they, one of the top edge rushers great, with the Ravens. They didn't have a great pass rushers last year. They really didn't. Matthew Judon was the only player with double digit sacks on the entire roster. Well, they also rotated nine players. Yeah, but Zadarius Smith like is a guy who if he was on that team and they had unleashed him like the way the Packers did, he's a guy who puts up double digit sacks easily. I just can't, I just can't picture a top 3 without Cleo Mack. I'm I'm this I can't. It, it, it's fair. It's fair, but I think he's dropped off just a little bit. Oh, um, I don't agree. I, would, I, I will I, take I, I whatever percent is, you think he dropped off. At. So, so he, I so, think he's just getting double covered more than ever. He's a tight end per PFF tight end covering him almost every single play. per PFF yeah. top top nine last year. Zadarius Smith, T.J. Watt, Von Miller, J.J. Watt, Daniil Hunter, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Shaq Barrett, and J- Joey Bosa. 
Yes, but he's not in the top, top nine. You have to consider how bad the Bears defense is around Khalil Mack. And if you look at how much that guy gets double teamed, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, literally every single offense, their entire game plan revolves around stopping Khalil Mack. Sure. The Vikings especially do. The Vikings will will, will pop him with a tackle. Then they'll come up with a, with a tight end, pop him again, and then they'll even have a fullback in waiting. Uh, <laughs> CJ Ham. I'm serious. I, I've never seen a team... Prepare for a guy like this. He rips past your tackle like he's nothing. And then he bulldozes your tight end or whoever the fuck is waiting for him then. He's an unstoppable force. And like no, I said, no man. Eddie Goldman. Already out. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Goldman's, Goldman's out a, too. Oh, for this coming year. That, that, I think that hurts Mac a little bit. Um, but, I mean, like I said, edge rusher is hard, dude. It's, there's a lot of guys and a lot of things that you could look at. Like, Miles Garrett gets an uptick for the rushing. Like, he's good against the run, too. We mostly are focusing on their ability to yeah. rush the passer. Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa are both incredibly efficient when rushing the passer. So, I mean. Defensive or edge is, is, a, is a rough t- position or group in the fact that there's, like, a super solid tier one of, like, 10 guys. Mm-hmm. And then there, there's a huge drop-off after that. So, right. So I got a question for you. Speaking of one-year wonders, what about Shaq Barrett? And I where does think he he's belong? incredibly overrated. I think he is overrated for sure. I think he's a product of a system that had two solid defensive tackles to eating up blocks. And dude, just a good front seven period. I mean, we're talking one of the best three technique uh, tackles in the game. Um, and he got a lot of his productivity. JPP, when nobody knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> J- JPP, Levante, like the, the bucks have a great front seven. There's really no disputing it. Um, do I think Shaq Barrett's a great player? I, I, I really do think he is really good. Uh, but I've saw a lot of Bucks fans crying that his Madden rating was bad. I don't agree at all. I think it's perfect. I think it's right I, where I it think, needs to be. I think comparatively where some other guys fall in that, that's where I had the issue more so than his particular yeah. rating. When, when you read out that PFF list of the top nine or whatever, I my first thought was, hmm, one of those things is not like the others. Right, <laughs> right yeah. You just, I, I mean, but that's, hey, Todd Bowles' defense, he can scheme yeah. some guys yes. into, into being super effective. Yeah. So uh, more credit to him. You should just take that $17 million and be happy about it this year. Yeah. I mean, now they have two system if, players, if puts Shaq up, Barrett If he and puts Tom up Brady. another good season, though, then he's going to get paid. So, I mean, listen, you got an opportunity there, Shaq. Go get it. All right, how about, uh, how about we switch to the other side of the ball? Blocking those edge rushers, the offensive tackles. So let's hear, should we start with the offensive linemen for the offensive tackles or what? Yeah, I think Derek's got to lead this charge. All right, Derek. Oh, I mean, no, I was an athlete. I didn't play offensive line. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, this one's tough for me. I, I think I, I, I'm still a big Tyron Smith guy. Okay. Uh, Laramie Tunzel, top three. This is no particular order because I mean, how do you, it's, it's hard to, to judge these guys. And then I don't know. I'm missing somebody. Yeah, I think you're missing a couple. <laughs> yeah, who am I? Who am I missing? All right, we'll, we'll come back to you. Yeah, uh, do, you yeah. do you have a list? I'll, I'll go ahead. Do you have I'll a list prepared, Brandon? Um, yeah. So I, I was, I was. Uh, these are two guys who are solid that I don't think near get the name recognition, um, but they they don't miss time and they they really pull a line together. And that's Ryan Ramzik of the Saints and yep. Mitch Schwartz of the Kansas City Chiefs. My top two. Uh, Schwartz is a beast. You don't think Ramzik gets enough? I mean, he's. Widely just, considered one of the best. There's, there's no offensive lineman who gets enough press. Sure. sure. That, that's, I think that's <laughs> so, the but, point that so, he's making. So I'm splitting them at three. Here comes my uh, my fucking Baltimore Ratbird love and, and Ronnie Stanley at two. Yeah. I, I, uh, have, I have him in my top three as well. Interesting. And, and, then, and then Lane Johnson 
um, is has just been like the beast of consistency. Um, you know, if you if you had to give me one left tackle, um, I'm probably taking Lane Johnson. So I think the, here's the thing: of those four, you only mentioned one left tackle, and that's Ronnie Stanley. The other three all play on the right side. Oh. Just so you know, so that's that's <laughs> that's part of the, that's part of the reason why Ramchick and Schwartz and and uh, Lane Johnson don't get enough credit is their right tackles, and there is a bias in the NFL and media and voting when it comes down to Pro Bowls and All Pros and things like that, where they focus on the left tackles because they're assuming that they're going to be better. But we've turned to a day and age where Khalil Mack rushes from what would be the offense's right side, so a guy like a guy like Mitchell Schwartz has been incredibly productive. And he, you want to go back to, you made that that comment about uh, Joey, uh, Nick Bosa's run in the playoffs last year. How about Mitchell Schwartz's run? He allowed, I think, like one pressure in like 100 snaps or some shit like that. I he's also played 135 out of his last 135 games. I mean, that is he's incredibly impressive. He's my number one. He protects the most important player, the, the best player in football. That's the guy that I'm giving it to. I'm going to round up my top three with Quentin Nelson if he decides he wants to play tackle. He's, yeah. he's a, he's a <laughs> right, Okay. He could. Drew, what do you have? Uh, just skip me. Okay. I, 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 I put some thought into it, but I don't, I don't like my list that much. Okay. How about you, Sander? Or, yeah. I mean, the Bengals haven't had a left tackle, and when we yeah. did, we got rid of him, so... It's, a, it's always a tough my, my votes even count. But Andrew Whitworth. What I would say is uh, Batiari hurt all all last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a battle right. to play all those games. But I actually like Armstead just to be like a third, fourth, in addition to a couple of names you already had out there from, from the Saints. Yeah, th- those are good names. Um, th- some other guys on the list. How about Ryan Costanzo from uh, Indianapolis? He's, you know, one of those better left tackles that you got out there. And then Anthony Costanzo. That's what I mean. it is. So what about, what about I just like Taylor Lewan as a person? Can I include him? Oh, dude, he's a great social media guy. <laughs> that guy is fucking insane. Yeah. How, uh, how, how, it, just just question for our listeners. How big are your boners listening to our tackle breakdowns? <laughs> Jesus. I know. But but the, the big guys are the most important part of football. They are. They're, they're the most they boring. Let's they're be also the least yeah. interesting to talk about. Well, you got more coming at you next week. So. That's right. We're moving inside. Quinn Nelson porn. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the AFC North, which I think is an extremely interesting division. Uh, it's also why we have Mr. Steven on today, uh, who is a Bengals fan. And we have Brandon from up in Indianapolis, who is a Steelers fan. So we're anticipating some sparks. Uh, don't no, let us down. No lube, just going in dry. Uh, so let's start with Steve. Who wins the AFC North this year, and and how does it shake out in terms of rankings? Well, let's say we get all sixteen games. Yeah, yes. that's the assumption. That's the assumption. Let's say we all get sixteen Always. games. Bengals fifteen and one, joke of the year. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're, we're talking about uh, a very close division. I mean, outside of Baltimore, absolutely running away from being able to completely reload. I mean, Calais Campbell in that defense. Are you serious? I mean, I mean, we're looking at we're looking at thirteen and three, and then a heap of people just trying to duke it out and see who survives. So I, who's first? Oh, you got Baltimore up there by okay. three games. Do, do you have a, do you you have say a 13 and three, three? By three games? Man, you think Baltimore's three games better than the Steelers? Three games better than the Steelers. Interesting. Okay. I don't think that's a stretch. I, I'm just You're kidding. so fucking stupid. You're <laughs> the fucking biggest fucking. Hey, where, where, where did the Bengals fall? I think they're about seven and nine. At third At or best. fourth? At fourth. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Oh, okay. They're, getting, they're beating up. She's they're gonna, gonna be bunched beating up. up the, yeah. Some other teams. Worst team in the division has seven wins, huh? Tied. Oh, tied okay. for the Browns. Okay. Let, what do you got? What do you got there, Derek? Um, I think we're gonna go Brandon first. Brandon. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, I thought board. we would save Brandon. That way we could get the clash at the end. No. Okay. No. Hammer it, Brandon. So I mean, fucking Steve is right. I mean, they added Derek Wolf, who is no no. Fucking a nobody. No, he's, he's really he's pretty good. good. Patrick McQueen is we all think was a fucking home run steal. Uh, Dobbins fits their fucking system great. They got some really good additions. Great draft. Um, so uh, great draft, great free agent signing, great organization. But we've kind of all shit on Lamar Jackson the past couple pods. He's you know he already kind of I'm had going his to again. last year. Uh, he's been exposed. And because the quarterback is the most important uh, position on the field, I think there's a slight regression there. Um, so I I have him at 11 and five, but there's a little bit of bias. 12 and four is, is probably a little bit more realistic. Uh, Vegas does have their odds at 11. Um, so for this exercise, I am put taking a push, uh, taking the pussy way out there and taking a push at them at 11 and five. It's the Steelers one. Um, the uh, the the Steelers win totals at nine. I think that's an absolute hammer that over. Um, I think they get ten easy. Um, I could see eleven, um, but, but for this exercise, I'm going to have them at ten and six. I think that uh, kind of a late season um, struggle there is uh, it's going to be a, a chase down the wire. Uh, you know, you are I, pod. I. <laughs> I don't see the bundle in the beginning, though. I think I think the Browns are the fucking Browns again. I normally don't like going this much against Vegas. Vegas actually has them at eight and a half, so Vegas sees them as a 500 or a winning team. I don't. Um, again, no quarterback, no chance. Uh, Baker Mayfield leads that team again to a, a nice six and ten record. Um, eight Sanders. How many games did the uh, the the Bungles win last year? Much lower than that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, which, which I think they'll do again. Seven Vegas games. Has, seven games by less than three. Any notable addition for the Bengals? Uh, uh, Joe Burrow, Von Bell. Oh, Joe, Joe Burrow. He's, what position does he play? Uh, you know, plays it. He's pretty good. Andy Dalton. We didn't count how many games he won while he was a Bengal. We counted how many he lost for us while he was a Bengal. Hint: that was a lot as well. Yeah, Vegas has the Bengals at six and five. I'm going under there as well. I'm taking the Bengals at four and twelve. So again, just to kind of recap, Ravens uh, at eleven and five, Steelers at ten and six, Browns at six and ten, and the Bengals at four and twelve. Nice, comprehensive. Boom. Everyone else is wrong. That's yep. that's so, it. We can wrap up the pod, start the music. Compre- comprehensive. <laughs> so, 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 so I'll jump in here with mine. Um, I thought the Bengals had a B-plus draft. I thought their free agency was kind of meh, which is fine for a rebuilding team. Always is. Uh, I did an analysis of their schedule, and I came out with 2-14. and Uh, I might be a little low on that, but I don't see them winning a whole lot of those games. It's kind of tough, and I don't think their roster is really that great. I fucking hate agreeing with you, but yeah. I I, I had 3-13 and in mind, but because Sanders was on, I thought I'd show a little sympathy. So so, It's all right. I have the trophy still sitting in my... uh, Right. My living room. So, so use, I, the, use this logic on draft day. It's kind of crazy that I'm seeing this now. Oh, fucking! I have, I, I have the draft the day Browns logic. with a B draft. Uh, I thought that they did a slight positive in free agency overall. I'm going to give them nine and seven, so it's right near that Vegas line. I'm going to take the over on that slightly. Uh, I have the Ravens with an A draft, uh, a plus off season because Brandon mentioned some of those guys with that they acquired, and I have them at twelve and four. 
And then the Steelers, I gave them with the B draft because they're the Steelers and they're always pretty good. Their only real offseason addition or player personnel that they add is Big Ben, in my opinion, which is a significant add, but they didn't really do much outside to that. But I still, looking at their schedule, I also had them at 12-4. and four. So I've got them in a tie. I think I go edge Ravens by the tiebreaker. And uh, that's where I see it. Well, again, my I won't say bias, but just because of my they they added a depth guard in um, that super even was Newski who slides right. Who you in hope never plays. Player. Who you hope never. No, plays. no, he was he he slid right in for the Chiefs. Oakland and, drafted and, him. That's all I need yeah. to know about him. That, that guy's not good. He's bounced around the league for a reason. I like him. He plugs in. So you know you're stretching when you say depth guard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the, the AFC North is obviously one of those more competitive divisions year to year. Um, I don't believe in Lamar. Like I, I'm probably lower on him than most people. Um, I think he's going to get exposed. I think he's RG three, um, in, in a lot of regards, but I still think this year they're probably the best team in the division. We'll go 12 and four is kind of where I have them. Uh, Steelers. I like what, what, what does big Ben have left? We don't know. A weaker he, forearm. He's really, he's, you know, much weaker forearm from, from not uh, working it out as much. Um, <laughs> he, he's a really big question mark. And I, I think if he plays well, they could go 11 and 5, 12 and 4, who knows. Um, but even if he's he's in the range of where I think he would be, I, I kind of see them at you know 10 and 6. So a little bit behind, probably two games out. Um, I think the Browns go 8 and 8. I think they're solid team, but I think they're still missing some pieces. They still have some maturity. Um, I believe in Baker more than than uh, Brandon, but that's not hard. Um, and then the Bengals, I think they're going to have some growing pains. Joe Burrow is going to have to make an, some adjustments to the NFL. Um, I think his style of play isn't the kind of style of play that, that translates right away. It's a much more kind of cerebral passing game uh, where he's going to make some really bad reads to start. And I could see them hovering around four or five wins. Um, so, so Ravens take the division again, but I, I could see, you know, some upside if Ben shows up and shows out, you know, you never know. Call me a contrarian. Um, I'm not, but in this case, I think I am. I have a weird feeling about the Steelers this year and I'm going with them as my division winners. I think that this division is going to be one of the most embattled divisions in all football. I think the Steelers edge it out slightly at 11-5. They could almost, I, I almost see them winning it at 11-5 while tying with the Ravens at also 11-5. But maybe having a better, better uh, division record, conference record, whatever determines the tiebreaker, uh, head-to-head. I love what the Steelers did last year with fucking awful quarterbacks. I mean, you lose your Hall of Fame quarterback the first game, and they were not a great roster going into last year. They were still put in it because you have Ben Roethlisberger and you're always expected to do good with them because they always do. But they fucking grinded out an extremely respectable season last year with fucking Duck Hodges. And I don't even want to mention his name because I hate him so much in his punchable fucking face. But I'm going to go Steelers number one. I see them winning 11 games. And and again, I, I, think, this, I think this is a division that's going to tear itself apart. So give me Steelers at number one at 11 and five. Give me Baltimore at number two at also 11 and five. And then give me the Browns at a not so distant third. I think the Browns put up a respectable season um, win like nine games. And I think the Bengals have one of the most impressive six game win- winning seasons or six 
six game winning seasons of all time. Because I think Joe Burrow, I mean, I think he starts day one, but it's going to take him a few games to get it figured out. Uh, I, I just, I'm really curious about this division as a whole. And I love what the Steelers have been doing via the draft. I think their defense is going to be really fucking good this year. Um, TJ Watt, one of the most underrated players in the league somehow. Uh, ben Roethlisberger back. They have uploaded more wide receivers onto an already good crew. And dude, I just, I like what the Steelers got. I love their moxie. And I love that they seriously almost made a run of the playoffs last year with a fucking... What'd you call him? Amphibious bird? Aquatic bird. Aquatic bird at quarterback like, last As year. much as you hate Mason Rudolph, I hate Duck Hodges. Yeah. Yenzers are he's good he's for the worst, He's the worst person I've ever seen quarterback a game. And, I mean, <laughs> and I saw him live uh, first row with fucking Mr. Steve. Um, how many beers we drink that game? Four? I don't know. You just kept bringing them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you can buy as many beers as these seats cost – we're doing good, and I don't think we I don't think we got that far. So, guys, I don't want to wrap it up quite yet. Uh, I want to go back to the MLB real quick because uh, the MLB is upon us. I've watched a lot of baseball uh, so far, and uh, I will tell you that I love what I'm seeing in the shortened season. But just looking at the standings right now, who do you like? Does, has, has any team jumped out at you that you think is different than prior to the season? I know it's not only a handful of games, but... I mean, when you look at a, across the MLB standings, like who do you really like? Like, has anybody really jumped out of you and surprised you? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I, I spent uh, spent the weekend in Chicago with my wife's family. Yeah, and the Cubs can hit, man. They can. I I, I don't really like their bullpen's not very good. Um, Kimbrel's fucking questionable at best. And here's um, the thing: but, it might be the best bullpen in that division. Yeah, <laughs> they're um, they're division. currently yeah. losing nine to zero. To the Reds. Um, well, I mean, they're four and one. Obviously, I didn't watch today, but they're so yeah. Their bats aren't hot either, but yeah, I, I like the Cubs. Uh, the Cubs, Cubs can really fucking hit. Uh, and then I, I'm stealing this quote from the announcers last night in the game. But uh, is there anyone in the Dodgers um, pitching room that throws under 95? I mean, they just got some fucking hurlers, man. Um, so early, the, those are the two teams that I watch that I both uh, can see making noise. Uh, so the the team that stands out to me is how about the Padres, man? Four and one, they look really good. I, I know I know that they um I, I know that they had a, a a matchup against Arizona, but I I just I don't know. I thought the Padres looked pretty good. I, I think they have a young, really good young team. So it's just one of those teams. They're a team that could take a leap this year. And in a sixty game season, you know anything could happen. So at four and one, that's a super good start. So I. I um, that's the team that I'm impressed with most that I wasn't necessarily expecting it from. I love the Rays. Uh, Vegas, I, I don't care what I like. I don't know crazy amount about baseball. You know who does? Fucking Vegas. And since I've been checking the odds since the season started, they've already jumped up three spots in the Vegas future odds to win the World Series. That is they huge. They me out of $125, though, so they can go fuck themselves. They, well, you should have listened to my advice. Um, they, uh, so, so the Rays are now six in World Series contention. They have one of the most interesting teams. Just phenomenal starting pitching. The most interesting team as far as Ridiculously I'm concerned. Ridiculously good relief pitching. And a lineup that is so uninteresting by name. And yet, if you look at these players, you got guys like Hunter Renfro, who is like a barely over Mendoza line player when he hits against lefties, but is just absolutely rakes against righties. Like a, 
I, so, I think so that he got that flip flop, but um, but yeah, he he hit like almost thirty bombs last year or something, or he did hit thirty bombs last year. So he's just ridiculous. His splits are so lopsided towards one. So they got all these different utility players. You can throw in a guy for you know nobody that jumps off the board. When you look at their lineup, it's almost laughable. It really is. But, but they're going to platoon everybody, and they have the advantage with every single guy. That's once, exactly once what they, they lost Fam, like who is their biggest name? It's it's almost confusing. Uh, Austin Meadows is was their all star last year. I know, year. but that's he's, bizarre he's right now because he has one exactly, and he has really one <laughs> great year. You what know, what so. do you think about Austin Meadows, Brandon? <laughs> so don't even subject. start me on that trash team. <laughs> fucking the Pirates fucking suck. Glassnow was throwing nasty fill. Fucking giving up Meadows. I fucking hate the Pirates. Glassnow looks better than MLB, ever. But but, yeah. but Brandon, didn't you tell me that Glass, uh, Meadows sucked before he ever played a season with the Rays? He was batting under two hundred at Triple A. He he couldn't even find the way onto the Pirates. I mean, he did suck. Um, but maybe that's the developmental coaching in a terrible organization. They're just they're, they're a really interesting team, um, and the, the Dodgers they don't jump out of anybody. They've been the Vegas odds favorite since day one, yeah. and they, As they should be. They look like they are just that team. Yeah. I mean, three and two doesn't nothing jumps off the pages, but you, with baseball you never judge any streak. It's it's all about how they finish. Well, I think they've played a hard schedule to start for one, you know, games against the Astros and stuff. That's not exactly easy, right. but here's the thing about the Dodgers. They were really good perennially the last several years. Right. Then you say, Hey, we're going to take the number two, maybe best three, four best players. One of the four best players in baseball. And we're going to give you him too. And, uh, and, and get you. They, they have the two best right fielders in baseball and they're trying to invent a place to fit them both. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I mean, they're, Bellinger's going to be fine in center. They're yeah. the Yankees of the West, right? I mean, they've, they've become that they, they didn't used to be that they're better than the Yankees. Uh, it, I'm talking about just of, purely in terms of salary. Like yeah. they, they are getting up there, man. The other set, they're spending it. Sure. But they, they also, I mean, they have, they have, they have a ton of money. Their ownership group is, it, swimming in dollars so th- they're fine with that but the thing that they do is they also have a really smart guy running the front office so you know I mean andrew friedman com- comes over from the rays and turns that organization around they were a, they were a bad organization before he got there when, when you add in Moneyball and a ton of yes, money exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's what's, what's terrifying like, yeah so it's like now andrew friedman doesn't have to play with all right you can find efficiencies but you'd not you're not uh you know, it's not the Rays anymore. Yeah, like the exactly. Rays, like the Rays. If you're talking about position players, their three most exciting players are all in the farm system still. Like Wander Franco, Vidal Bruhan. Like these are guys who aren't even on the team yet. They get, you look at their roster on the team. You're like, these are like backups everywhere they've been, but yet it works. And they, you know, the platoon guys, they'll they'll play them right left. They'll they'll put their a relief pitcher over at first base to hide them for a net bat. Like they do just the wildest shit, and it, I love it. Isn't they're, it? They're isn't willing it to do bizarre, anything to win. Isn't it bizarre how bad Tampa sports are, and yet they probably have two, arguably the best franchises in terms of just management in all of sports. Yep. The, the Rays and the Lightning, yes. absolutely, yep. it's unreal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 you just compare management; it's it's. Uh, Indisputable. The Rays have far outpaced their salary every single year. Lightning at number one franchise in all sports. It's like two years years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They consistently give you one of the best fan experiences. Hockey's the best sport to watch live. If you've you've never been to a hockey game, go go see one. Especially in Tampa. Yeah. And dude, I'll tell you what. Tampa, best place to watch hockey games. And and, and hockey's coming back, but we won't get to go to any games this year. (laughs) Yeah. Hockey is coming back. When is it coming back? Uh, Like next week. No, Saturday. It starts, Saturday it starts this week, the, but uh, the playoffs start uh, next week. Well, shit. 
We have reached the end, my friends. Does anybody have any closing comments? Thanks for joining uh, us, Steve. Fuck Mr. Steven. Um, yeah. That is all I have to say. Shout out Cincinnati. Shout out UK. Shout out FSU. Shout out Ohio State. <laughs> shout out Cincinnati Sports again. Yes. From <laughs> it. From Fanbush on the show. What a journey. Ring, ring. <laughs> ring all right, guys. Ring. Go watch some baseball. Uh, hopefully some Astros get plunked tonight. And uh, have a great night. Roll that beautiful bean footage.